Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Second Chronicles chapters 18 through 20. Rabbit Trails. A little note about my spelling of names if you're reading the notes. I tend to read several translations in preparing my notes, and many of them spell the names differently. As a result, you may notice me spelling a name one way on Monday and another on Tuesday. My apologies in advance on the days that I don't catch this. We begin our reading today seeing that Jehoshaphat is growing greater in terms of riches and honor, but not necessarily in terms of wisdom. A quick glance at our Kings of Israel and Judah charts, click here for a refresher, reminds us that Ahab was an evil king, and here we have Jehoshaphat joining forces with him. To his credit, when Ahab suggests they go to war, Jehoshaphat asks him to inquire after Yahweh first to see if this is his will. So Ahab calls his prophets. But there is a catch. He only calls a portion of the prophets. As it turns out, like many leaders, he has assembled a group of men who tell him what he wants to hear. And these 400 men, there's never a shortage of yes men when you have power and wealth, all agree unanimously that the king's desire is in line with God's will. Convenient. Apparently, Jehoshaphat sees these false prophets for what they are because he asks, Is there not another prophet of Yahweh that you can ask? So, 400 men have agreed with King Ahab, but Jehoshaphat wants to ask one more. Sounds like discernment to me. Now, I love Ahab's answer, though. It's hilarious and shockingly truthful. He basically says, there's one more, but I hate him because he never says what I want him to say. In my mind, I see Jehoshaphat smirk and half wing up at the king. Yup, that's the one I want to talk to then. Second Chronicles 18.12 And the other folks saw this coming, trying to convince Micaiah to go along with what everyone else says. It is a dangerous thing when everyone just wants to appease the king, especially when that king is evil. Fortunately, Micaiah stood his ground. This had to take a great amount of courage, just as it does today. When the Father puts us in a position where we are to be His messenger, and the news we are to bear is not going to be received well. My heart and admiration go out to Micaiah. But when the king first asks Micaiah the question, he answers him in the same way the false prophets have answered him. Now, Micaiah is being sarcastic here, making light of the false prophecies, and knowing that the king understands exactly what he's doing, because the king becomes frustrated in his response, knowing that Micaiah has not told him the truth of what Yahweh says. Immediately, Micaiah responds with the fullness of Yahweh's revelation to him. And in doing so, he is insulting the king by letting him know that Yahweh takes pity on Ahab's people because they have no real master. Beginning in Second Chronicles 18.18, 18, we see the backstory of what has really happened here. And both Ahab and Jehoshaphat go on to fulfill the prophecy of Micaiah exactly as he said they would. Second Chronicles 20.14, another incident of the Holy Spirit coming upon a person. All my life, I heard this didn't happen until the, quote, New Testament. I think everyone who taught that 
truly believed it, though, and I don't blame them for believing this because they had never actually read the bulk of God's Word, or, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. A lot of rehashing of things we have already read takes places in these chapters, but there are so many nuggets hidden within these passages that I couldn't pull them out and explore each one. What jumped out at you? Did you notice the adherence to the law and commandments of Yahweh and lack thereof in some and the results of each? What does the Father teach us about seeking Him and walking in obedience to Him in these passages? What do you see of the model and setup of His kingdom in all of this? What does it show us about the company we keep? Share your own rabbit trails in the comments today. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.